Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, good Monday morning, fellas. Speaking of Monday, Woo. think back to that first Monday after the Bucks lost that first game of the Brady era to the Saints, and we wondered what in the world is wrong with Tom Brady. This Monday morning, another loss to the Saints, and we're wondering what is wrong with Tom Brady. We've come I'm not, full circle. I'm just I'm trying, a bit, I'm just trying to figure out getting through the weekend, man. A good slate of college football. I had a chance to see Clemson lose to Notre Dame. See my Trojans roar back against ASU. What a t- win. Yeah. I, what a I, win for I, you. You know, and then think about my co-host and what they might have been doing over the weekend. And then I eventually got to the NFL football, you know. But that's been my weekend. I appreciate the cooking video you sent me. Uh, it's very – I love that you forgot. You're You're chopping up some carrots. Was it some carrots I was chopping up? Yeah. I mean, you always sending me cooking videos. I, I swear you need to have your own you. cooking show. I was trying to teach you a little something. That way, you know what I'm saying, Zubin? If you reply back to us on our uh, group text, it. then you can see some stuff, too. He's Don't hold your it. breath on that. Uh, just being honest with you. Just being honest with you. You're rubbing Jeez. off on me. That pure honesty is rubbing off on me. I, I just want you to know, Zubin, I have a, I have a victim complex. What's going uh, today, on? Because I'm, I'm a victim of uh, wanting to believe in the Bucks and Tom Brady. And uh, <laughs> Key just poured gasoline all over the fire because I know he's going to continue to burn it out today. So, no, so Keyshawn was right. I concede. He no, was right about not, the Saints. Well, let's not do that yet. Uh, <laughs> 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 but what I would say is, is, you know, you watch that game last night, obviously, and another slate of games yesterday was – Pretty good quarterback play at times is up and down depending on the games you were watching, but when you look at the Saints and you look at the Bucks, I think everybody assumed that the Bucks had the better defense, and everybody assumed that the Saints' offense was okay. But if you go man for man, Bucks offense, Saints offense, you go man for man, pick and choose. You pick and choose who you who you really want from which team, and and see what you come up with. That's what you got from the Saints. They inserted Michael Thomas into the lineup yesterday, and they got this jolt of snack, crackle, pop, star power. We got our guy. You could clearly see the confidence in Drew Brees with having him and Emmanuel Sanders out on the field. Clearly. So I walked away from this game saying, what the hell happened to this vaunted Tampa Bay defense that I've been reading about, that I've been seeing play? I mean, you think about Tampa Bay's opponents have an 82.9 quarterback rating, Key. It's it's considered one of the best defense, and I watched Drew Brees last night sit there and just destroy them for four TDs. And I watched him go through all of his options, and I know that you said their personnel on paper is better than what Tampa Bay has, but it seemed like that defense did nothing for Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a different conversation, but that defense was nowhere to be found last night. Well, I think when you look at the from a personnel standpoint, though, for New Orleans offense, the matchups. The, when, when was the last time the Bucks faced an offense that had somebody at every single position? You got Alvin Kamara in the back. You got Murray in the back. You also got Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, they, they, you got Cook, the tight end. I mean, you got – there are pieces that's there, and I think a lot of people got caught up in the Antonio Brown hype machine coming with Tom Brady along with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin – and, and Gronkowski, and so they, they, they start looking at those nameplates and forgetting that other side and that other team got some nameplates too. There's no doubt about it. Think about it. Last night, fully stacked, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook. I didn't I mean, even mention Taysom Hill. Man, I didn't a- even mention that, right? 
And so when you look at those names, those are name plates too. But everybody's caught up in the Leonard Fournette's and everybody get caught up in the, in the uh, Mike Evans. But they got to realize Sean Payton is a play caller too and knows what to do with guys. As long as he doesn't get cute, because Sean has the tendency at times to start calling plays that make you go, Sean, what are you doing? You know, and so last night he did not do that. Last night I thought he called a hell of a football game. He utilized Taysom Hill when he needed to. Even to the point where Taysom Hill throws a deep crosser to the tight end, which I didn't think he was going to do when he got in there, and neither did the Bucks. That's why the tight end was wide open, because the Bucs anticipated, okay, all he's going to do is drop back, fake like he's going to throw, and then take off and run. He dropped back and actually ripped it. Key, take me through, so for Tom Brady, because I know he threw three picks last night. He wasn't vintage Tom Brady. But it, it seemed like one of those picks was just a horrible pass. The last pick just seemed like it was a really bad pass. I might have been the first on one that got one. tipped. The <laughs> he first might have been one, sleeping on. Yeah, yeah, the first one got tipped up. The second one seems like there was miscommunication between him and Antonio oh, the Brown. Tip, the tip was the a tip. good play by the defense alignment. That was just a good play. Put the second one up. was Antonio Brown. Seemed like he stopped. That like could be miscommunication. miscommunication. You, you think about it, Jay. And we were talking about our pre-production meeting, and I, and as I looked down the stat line without prior to looking, just my eyes telling me early on in the game, they were trying to get Antonio Brown involved, in my opinion, too much. Too much to the point where you got Chris Godwin, you got Mike Evans with six targets, and here it is, Antonio Brown with five targets. Mm. It's like, well, wait a minute, man. He just got – he only been here a week. You should be force-feeding those other guys the football and kind of just letting Antonio kind of just – get his feet underneath him early in the game. They tried him on a deep post, which was a good shot. Tom Brady almost got it picked off, a little slightly underthrown, but Antonio Brown didn't didn't clear the defender enough for Tom to even be throwing that football. If there's any other quarterback in the National Football League taking that shot with that particular receiver, he's being ridiculed because Tom probably shouldn't have thrown that ball. There's no, In my opinion, there's no way he should have thrown that ball. Key, this because is sound it wasn't, like, he wasn't clearly open. It's going to sound like a crazy comment, but hear me out on this one. If you live with somebody, does that put subliminal pressure on you to a degree to I've feel never, like you need – think I'm, about it, Zubin, for a minute. Like, I've if, never if, lived with my I never lived with somebody either, not <laughs> as a grown man. But the fact that AB is living with Brady Does at the that moment. put some kind of subliminal pressure on you to, right yeah. out of the gate, make it work a little bit more considering – Look, this this is somebody I have a lot of familiarity with. We're around each other all the time now. We're trying to build upon that camaraderie. Like, to a degree, it has to, to some degree, I, I don't right? Know, I don't know that Antonio Brown is a hell of a football player. That's the pressure. The pressure is that he's good, that you want to get, you know, you want to get the ball in his hands. You think about what he did in his first game against the Miami Dolphins when he was with the New England Patriots. They they put an emphasis, Belichick and, and Josh McDaniel and Tom Brady put an emphasis on getting him involved because that's what happens usually when – when someone acquires a new toy, whether it's the Kansas City Chiefs and Le'Veon Bell, the moment the Le'Veon Bell was available to them, they start utilizing him. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens because the guy's a good football player. But sometimes, in my opinion, what you ought to do is use them as a decoy. You don't have to put, you know, you don't have to force the football to them. I think you, you, you get the football to the other guys, and then their stuff will naturally come. I just don't think I've ever seen Tom Brady have a game like this before. I mean, do you guys remember the last time we've seen Tom Brady have a game? Well, I mean, but I mean, he threw for zero TDs. Zero. Well, they only scored three points. I, I know. Up, and you can't get three points by 
kicking field goals. I mean, by scoring touchdowns, you got to get the three by kicking field goals. So here are the most important numbers if you're just waking up this morning. I want to hear from Bruce Arians, and then I'm just going to rattle off some numbers and get your quick-fire analysis. Ready? The most important numbers, 38-3, Saints win if you're just waking up. Michael Thomas, Key's nephew's back, five catches, 51 yards. Mm. Antonio Brown, first game back in the NFL, three catches, 31 yards. Here's a clearly angry Bruce Arians, and then some really interesting numbers real quick for the fellas. Second half, I thought we, we got to turn over and we don't score a touchdown. I thought that kind of was the end of it right then and there. And uh, But, I mean, I have to give New Orleans credit. They, they kicked our ass in every phase. Bruce yeah, Arians never holding back. To Jay's point, real quick analysis, I'll fire through some. Tom Brady, five picks this year against the Saints. Five against the Saints. Wow. Yeah, yeah, because okay. the Saints, it's a division opponent, first of all. And when you, when you have a division opponent, I think I said this last week, as we continue to talk about and rave about the Buccaneers and their offense and what they could do, and it's a division opponent. When you have a division opponent, no matter who the quarterback is, you're going to know in their tendencies and certain things that they do. The Bucs and the Saints play each other twice a year. Mm-hmm. Twice a year. And I understand Bruce Arians got a new quarterback and, and he just came over a couple years ago. I, I get all that, but it doesn't matter. I still know – those players post. See, Zubin, I, I'm just. I said the reason why I said I'm a victim to the Tom Brady hype is because Key's been saying this the whole year, pretty much about hey, just wait until the Saints get healthy. He, he's he's been talking about it, and this whole narrative that's been following Tom about we know who Tom is in November and December. It's winning time football. To his credit, Key's been on this train the whole time. No question about choo, it. Choo. We should also mention, as we hit the engine for the caboose for the break here, we should mention the uh, Bucks didn't have a first down until the second quarter. Oh. That tells you how bad the offense oh. was playing. They ran the ball just five times. And the most important thing from a macro long-term perspective, the Saints are now 6-2, and two, the Bucks are 6-3, and three, which means obviously not only is New Orleans in front, but they've got the season sweep. So if it comes down to it at the end of the season, picking up that win last night was huge. Still to come. The Steelers have done something they've never done in the history of their franchise. We'll talk about it on the way. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. 
You know, 8-0 is nothing to sneeze at, but then again, when you think about the history of this franchise, fellas, the Pittsburgh Steelers here, you heard Mike Tomlin say it. I mean, four Super Bowls in the 70s, one under Cowher, one under Tomlin. Again, not going 8-0 out of the gate is not a simple thing, but this is a franchise, if any, I would have thought could have gotten there, especially because they're dominance over several decades but here they are 8-0 for the first time a little bit of a scare though when Neville Gallimore ran into Ben Roethlisberger there in the second quarter you had visions Jay said of uh, Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph coming right back eventually Roethlisberger able to get back in there and a much tougher than expected win over the Dallas Cowboys yeah yeah, I know And, and you know when Dallas went up and you're sitting there watching it at least me I wasn't necessarily worried about it I, I knew in fashion the Cowboys would somewhat fold, and the Pittsburgh Steelers will win ugly because that's just who Pittsburgh is. I mean, even if Pittsburgh was up and, it, and, and they started up and it was 7 nothing, it was still going to be an ugly win. It wasn't just going – because that's just not their style. Their style is just hard, rugged, tough, and they win by a few points. They don't blow people out. I mean, it's just not who Pittsburgh is. And so, you know, Dallas Cowboys, to their credit, they played as hard as they could. They fought as hard as they could. <laughs> but it just it wasn't meant to be. It just wasn't meant to be. That offensive line, you know, you look at Ezekiel Elliott, man, I feel bad for him. Two years ago, three years ago, best running back in the National Football League. Offensive line certainly makes a difference. Having Dak Prescott underneath the center makes a world of a difference. And now Ezekiel can't even get out of his own way. But he got it, his money. No, but it uh, – yeah, 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 but we're not even talking about the money side of it because the money side of it is in the back pocket and in the bank now, right? It's about winning and living up to the expectations. And when I can't get the necessary yardage or the touches that I need to be able to do what they paid me to do, I don't feel good inside even though I got the money. That's the way athletes are. We got our money. We good. Now let me ball the, that the same way I ball to get the money. Let me ask you as a fan, though, just as a fan – is it the idea that simply if you got Garrett Gilbert back there, I mean, I guess I don't have to be Dick LeBeau to realize you rush everybody at Garrett Gilbert, and as a result, uh, what's Ezekiel Elliott going to do? I mean, does it, it still doesn't feel good, though. You know, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. When, I'm, when you're paying me this type of money, I, I still I want to contribute, and I want to be a part of it. I don't want to just wear a jersey. I mean, that, that's, that's how, at least for, from my perspective, the athletes think. Well, I would say this. That's fair to say. That's fair to say. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. The Cowboys might be America's team. Ben says the Steelers are something else. I'm not trying to take any shots at anybody, but if you didn't know who America's team was, you should have seen the stands and all the the terrible towels. Dallas may be uh, America's team, but we'll be the world's team because we got fans everywhere and they're the best in the world. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. You sort of said that last week. Look out for the terrible towels. Absolutely. I knew that. Everybody knows that. Pittsburgh Steelers fans travel all over the world. I, I don't know where they come from, but they travel all over the world. Between the Cowboys, the Raiders, and the Steelers, you see them everywhere. I mean, if, if you go through the airports before we got to the pandemic on the weekends when we would travel back and forth to ESPN, you go through the airport on a Friday night or a Saturday, full of Pittsburgh Steelers fans going somewhere to a damn game. I, I'll say this. Watching the first half last night, I'm like, all right, Gilbert's coming out here to Cowboys looking like they belong. What? Kind of shocking. Shocking that it looked like they belong. But also the Steelers understanding at times they played to their competition to a degree. Key. And then watching Big Ben get hurt. I just sat there. I, I literally, I, I was having uh, orange juice, and I almost spit my orange juice out when I saw the, the, his knee give out. And I got worried because him going back to the locker room. But even after the game was over, Key, I walked away saying, yes, the Steelers are 8-0, and 
But after watching the Chiefs, I'm like, all right, the Chiefs are still the best team in football. Even though the Steelers are undefeated, I'm not ready to give them that mantle yet because they're undefeated. See, you said something that made my eyebrows move up. The Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. Don't know if they're the best team in football. Huh? I know they're the best team in the AFC. I don't know about the best team in football because that team I saw last night, That's they, fair. They, they may have something to say about that. You know, mm. they just may have something to say about it. What will it take for the Steelers to ascend to the top spot in the real rankings or put them at the very top of the NFL considering they're winning ugly, but they're winning at a clip like nobody else is? Yeah, they're right there, though. They're in the tops. I mean, they're, they're, they're in the top five. Um, you know, the interesting thing about Pittsburgh is that they're 8-0 and right now. And as they continue to move forward, they're going to get to 9-0 and and 10-0 and and presumably 11-0 and and 12-0. and This is we Jay talked about Kansas City. It talked about certain situations, teams having undefeated records, and who would try to go undefeated. The Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin, if they get to a point where they can be 16-0, and I promise to God they're going 16-0 and because that's what his personality and who Coach T is. It's like, okay, this is, this is what it is. We're going we gonna to push it to 16-0. and So if they get to 13-0 and or 12-0, and that pressure to go 16-0 and is going to be on them but they're going to relish it because that's something I believe that they would like to do if they had the opportunity to as but an organization as well as a head coach. I thought a couple of weeks ago we were getting into an argument about this. I, I thought you said that if you get to that point where you get like 14 in a row, 15 0, that you start to think about, do I rest Big Ben? Do but I? The but there's that psychologically is, of Mike no, Tomlin? No, different. So Mike T is the type of dude that just – his personality is like we gonna we gonna get to sixteen and zero by resting our guys and doing what we need to do to keep everybody healthy. But our eyes is gonna be on sixteen and zero. If that makes any sense to mm. you, do just enough. Do both to do both in in just enough. But you got to remember too. Also, they're probably going to have to go to length because of Kansas City. Kansas City has one loss, and Kansas City right now is in the second place. So therefore, with this new. Uh, divisional conference deal, there's not two buys. There's only one buy. So the undefeated team or the team with the the one loss gets that buy. And right now, the undefeated team is Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh's got to go all the way to be able to get the first buy. Now remember this. Now remember their game got postponed with the Titans. They played at a later date. So Steelers don't have a bye week. I mean, they're playing how many weeks straight? I think they're playing every week straight pretty yeah. much. And Dekeys yeah, the buy, you know. And Dekeys play. Remember. But, you know, for Big Ben, I've seen him have injuries. I mean, you, you wish that you had a week off just to help him out. They'll figure out how to get him healthy. Mm. <laughs> See, they may not – I don't know who they play that's a week on their schedule, but if they got a weak opponent, they could just leave him in practice and light and not practice that week. Jaguars next week. See, they might have Bengals a walkthrough. Bengals and Jaguars. They may just yeah. have a walkthrough. As Jay said, Bengals on the way immediately for them. Key wanted to mention this year seven teams are making the playoffs. Only one team, the top team in each conference, gets mm-hmm. the first round by. And right now – that would be Pittsburgh over Kansas City. Plenty of time to go, though, during the season. We're asking on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, who's the NFL MVP? Be a part of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Still to come. He's the youngest quarterback to ever win the MVP. He was only the second unanimous MVP in league history. So why are people still on the fence about paying Lamar Jackson 
Patrick Mahomes money. We'll talk about it with our insider. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. A lot of people see in the back of Lamar Jackson's jersey since he entered the league. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're about to head to the Shell Pennzoil performance line, where we'll be joined by our front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils made from natural gas gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof's in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Mike, good morning. First thing we want to do here is talk about the guy we just heard from, Action Jackson. I'm just going to give you a couple numbers here. There's been two unanimous MVPs in NFL history. One's Tom Brady, one's Lamar Jackson. Nobody in the history of the league other than Lamar Jackson has thrown for 3,000 yards and ran for 1,000 in a season. You pick up his fifth-year option. That's an easy one. But why isn't there talk about wrapping this guy up into a long-term deal already, considering what I've just said and the success the team has had? Subin, I think he will. they will once we get through his third season, and I think they will extend his option controlling him for the 21 and 22 season. The interesting discussion is how much is he worth? Because this year he struggled in two areas, specifically completion percent and yards per pass attempt. And yards per pass attempt really describes how well he's getting the ball down the field. If I was Baltimore, I'd be a little bit concerned because he struggled in both those areas now in his third season. When you look at players like Deshaun Watson at $30 million, $39 million a year, do you go that high if you're Baltimore? You certainly can't afford to lose them, but that's a really high number. So they have a little bit more time to sort that out. No, they do, Mike. And here's what I would say on a counter-argument to that is the market's the market. Despite what his completion percentages and all the numbers look like, the guy's a reigning MVP. He certainly has you winning. He has you in the hunt year in and year out since taking over a year and a half ago. Um, when you look at where he's at in his development and maturity at the quarterback position, wouldn't you say as an ex-general manager that they need to get him a bona fide alpha dog at the receiver position? Yeah, no question about it. And, Key, you just made the same argument I made for the year and a half with Dak Prescott, which was I was incredulous that Dallas did not get him signed because as soon as Dak walks out the door, it just gets so much more expensive to replace him. So I think that's a great point. And specifically with Lamar, he needs a number one guy. Look, we know Russell Wilson's a really, really good player. 
Look at the development of DK Metcalf and look at how much that's impacted already a great player in Wilson. And that's exactly what Lamar needs is he needs a bonafide number one guy outside the numbers that can win consistently. We're seeing it in Arizona with um, DeAndre Hopkins. And I think that's a really important point. And I'm not surprised, Key, that you would be trumpeting the fact that someone would actually need a wide receiver. <laughs> well, well, it I does mean, help. It- the, the facts are the facts, right? You look at Josh Allen, and you look at what Josh Allen is. They went out and traded Stephon Diggs. You look at what Dak Prescott was prior to Amari Cooper arriving from the Raiders, and then all of a sudden, Dak Prescott became this amazing third-down quarterback. And let me ask you about another quarterback. How come Dwayne Haskins has fallen out of so much favor from the Washington football team? What, why in such a short period of time? Yeah, Key, I am fascinated, and I can't wait to see Wednesday's practice because presumably if Alex Smith is going to start, how many interrupts does Dwayne Haskins get? It must be something off the field because earlier in the season, we we heard Coach Rivera talk about Cam Newton and all his development and the bumps in the road he had, but he hung in there with him. So I don't know if somehow... Dwayne Haskins did something, Coach Rivera, that really disappointed him because he didn't go from first string to second. He went to third string. So that's something to really keep an eye on now to see how many reps does Haskins get. And if I'm Dwayne Haskins, I look at the last few weeks and say, you know what? I got benched. It stinks, but I learned from it, and now I'm ready to compete for more playing time with Alex Smith. So I think it's a really interesting storyline this week. It's Washington's Wednesday's practice. Mike, let's go from the NFC East to the AFC East. Josh Allen, it seems like ever since he played in that game uh, against the Patriots, he's really found his rhythm. They took advantage of that secondary for Seattle yesterday. He threw the ball incredibly well. What are your takeaways from the game? Yeah, I thought he played really well, and – There's two things that jump out. He outplayed Russell Wilson, and they are clearly the best team in the AFC East. Not only did he control the game throwing it, but he made some really big plays with the run. And when they're at the goal line and they're pulling the guard and they have those direct quarterback runs, that is really, really hard to stop. And I think right now Seattle's Achilles heel is defensively, you know, they've had three players. They added Stax Harrison. They traded for Carlos Dunlap. And they also traded earlier for Jamal Adams. And their defense really looks porous. So, uh, Buffalo, to me, is in firm control of the AFC East, which is something we haven't been able to say in over two decades. But Josh Allen had a couple of uh, poor weeks. But, boy, yesterday he played flawlessly. All guests join us on the Shell Pins All Performance line. Mike, now let's stay in the AFC East. And it seems like it never is a week that goes by when you're on our show. We're not talking about this particular quarterback in Sam Darnold. How valuable would it be for Sam Darnold in a trade? What's that value? Well, it depends. Is the other GM from USC or not? I mean, we, we know the premium that you guys put on, you know, the loyalty Stop. you guys have. So, um, But uh, in all seriousness, you know what's disappointing is tonight, presumably, the Jets will have Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, and Perryman for the first time. Wouldn't you love to see Sam Darnold with those weapons to see what he can do? And that's why I think... When you look at what happened with Josh Rosen when he went from Arizona to Miami a year ago for a second-round pick, I think that's about the compensation, which is, you know, he, he has fallen quite a bit. But you would just say, what can you look at in the NFL 
that he's put together in consecutive weeks where he's played at a really high level. We just talked about Josh Allen's development. Lamar Jackson's won an MVP. And Sam Darnold just hasn't done it. Now, with that said, he's young. He's high character. He's immensely talented. So there's so many teams that will need quarterbacks. I think a second-round pick will be fair. Let me ask you this question, though, Mike, as a former general manager and having to have gone into these situations on the what-if. What if you trade Sam Darnold for a two and let's say – he goes to Pittsburgh, for instance, and being retires in a year, and then all of a sudden Sam Darnold looks like the second coming, how much pressure would that be on you as a general manager? Yeah, that's something you really don't want to have happen is you got to correctly evaluate your outdoor, and it's a really good point, Key. You know, we see that a lot where quarterbacks change teams and then they flourish. Look at Drew Brees, right? He was somewhat of a disappointment in, in uh, San Diego. He goes to New Orleans. Hall of Fame career, and we see that a lot around the league. Jimmy Garoppolo has gone on to take a team to the Super Bowl in San Francisco despite his struggles this year. So absolutely, you don't want to see a young quarterback leave your program and then go flourish someplace else. And I'm sure when Tennessee lost Mariota to the Raiders, I'm sure that was in their back of their mind. So I think if I'm the Jets and I have the first pick, I take Trevor Lawrence and I have to move on from Sam Darnold. Mm. Mike, uh, the Chargers continue to be the Chargers. Every single weekend, it's painful to watch. But how how impressive, uh, how impressed were you by Justin Herbert? Jay, it's the same guy I've been talking about for two years. He's why I had him at the very top of the draft. You know, he's big, he's strong, he's tough, he's smart. People don't realize he looks like Ben Roethlisberger. When you see him in person, he is a big man who's really fast, incredibly accurate. Look, I, I thought in that last play, I, I thought they should have won the game. I thought he had enough control in the back of the end zone. That's pro football, though, guys. The margins are that small. And if I'm the Chargers next year, I kick everybody else out of the building. They're only allowed to draft offensive linemen. If I'm, if I'm the owner, if I'm the Spanos family, I know I got something special. I, drive, I draft seven, eight, nine offensive linemen. I solidify that position for years to come because if I can protect Justin Herbert with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, I am set. So the only thing I'd be worried about is he has he's a collision player. He's taking some big hits already. And for him to have sustainability, he's going to have to learn how to protect himself. You're talking about the Chargers next year. How about the Chargers next week? It's going to be Justin Herbert and the Chargers against Tua and the Dolphins. Drafted back-to-back, Tua 5, Herbert 6, and they'll be on the same field in six days. Can't wait to see what the early returns are. Mike, thanks for joining us this morning. All right, thanks. I was prepared to talk about point guards with J-Will, by the way. If we're doing receivers with Key, I'm ready for point guards with J-Will. Don't, don't worry, Mike. December is right around the corner. That's when NBA season starts. We'll bring you on for some breakdowns, man. I'll, I'll be ready. And just in case, the draft is nine days away, so we'll have Mike on standby for that. I know and you'll Mike, be a part of the— Talking about point guards, Mike will trade Steve, Stephen Curry for a third-round pick if you can get it. <laughs> oh. Man, <laughs> you couldn't help yourself with that one. The sports nerd has to remind you two rounds in the NBA. Draft. I know. So I'm, I'm sorry, about, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm talking about. I didn't say it. I'm talking about a third round pick in football, oh, not gotcha. in basketball. Gotcha. I get it. Okay. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quote and buy all online at progressive.com. Let's go from A to Z and then a little college football. From Atlantic City to Las Vegas and every sports book in between, from A to Z. That's appropriate because each and every day, more and more states are adding 
legalize gambling. From A to Z, brought to you by Redbox. Redbox's new movies at the box and streaming on demand from the producers of Get Out and Us. Don't miss Antebellum, starring Janelle Monet. Visit redbox.com for all the ways to watch. Let's start with the fellas' favorite, a little NASCAR. Chase Elliott becoming the third youngest NASCAR champion. His dad, if that surname means anything to you, Bill, won the championship way back in 1988. So they become the third father-son duo to win NASCAR's top series. Joining Lee and his dad, the King, Richard Petty, and Ned and Dale Jarrett. Here is the champ. It's unbelievable. It, it, it's something that I'm not sure. I, I know I haven't let it sink in yet. I'm waiting on it to hit me, and I'm going to break down and look like a fool here in a minute. I know it's coming, so I really hope I get done with all this media before that happens. He'll be doing plenty more media. The victor goes the spoils. He is the champion of 2020. It's just too bad. NASCAR has really kind of fallen off the pace, not getting a lot of attention, but when a champion is crowned, we'll certainly be there and tell you about it. Now, Atlantic City to Las Vegas and everywhere in between. Why did we say that? Well, a better at the William Hill Sportsbook cashed wow. in on a seven-leg. Jay, let's get your thoughts on this. A seven-leg parlay. So these are seven individual games he bet on. He put $4,000 down to win almost 443000 So let's hear that again. $4,000 to the window, walking out with $443,000. He bet the money line on these seven games. Money line meaning straight up, no spread, just pick the winner. That's it. Jay Liberty playing in their first game ever as a top 25 team, winning on the road at Virginia Tech. Who could have expected that? Exactly. Appalachian Especially the way State. Virginia Tech lost that game. No doubt. One of the wildest finishes you will see with Liberty winning on a 51-yard field goal in the final seconds. Appalachian State. Oklahoma. That's an easy one. They played Kansas. Iowa State, who was down 14 nothing against Baylor, they rallied to win. Ohio State, who played Rutgers, no rally needed there. His only NFL choice, Jay, he had six college choices and one pro. His only NFL choice, this was looking a little dicey for a while, was, was the Steelers. Steelers. And then key, Maryland with Talia Tungavailoa to his brother, just destroying Penn State. He goes seven yeah, for seven. But Penn State, man, they, that's not, I don't even want to go there, but they not like that. Penn go back to Virginia Tech, icing themselves with a the time. I mean, it, it, for everything to work out on a seven leg parlay, that, that's incredible. Congratulations. But, but does he pick the games himself? Yes, yeah. he picked those so seven. It's a tailor me. Why would he pick Liberty and Virginia Tech? Couldn't he pick like some easy game, like a, another easy game? Sure, but the odds are going to be much greater in your favor if you pick easier teams. So the payout would be lower. Oh, if you take so a team like a, Appalachian State so it's or Liberty. Just not, so it's just not picked. Seven teams off this board. It's like you're still looking at odds and stuff like that with those. There's both. You got to pick the seven winners, but the degree of difficulty in picking the winner, if you were to pick Liberty to go into Blacksburg and win, that's going to give you an eventual larger payout. Okay, got it. I'm not a gambler, so I really don't know how. You guys are Jersey guys, so, you know. It's in our blood. Yes. Tell him not. Don't go spend it all now. Don't forget about the 50% tax rate. (laughs) Don't go spend it all. But he might double down in the whole. Four hundred some thousand might put down on another one. See, we don't need to do that, kid. That's just not what we that need would to be teach. So that's stupid. not what we need to teach. I'm done. I'm getting my <laughs> I'm ticket. Out. I'm gone. I'm gone. Is he in Vegas? Was he in Vegas or he did it somewhere else? He's probably in Vegas now. Well, it's a William Hill Sportsbook. They're all over the country. <laughs> oh, so they're all over the country. At the Venetian, they're telling us one of the nice hotels in Ooh, Vegas. But he William got Hill Sportsbook all over the country. I know yes, they might comp him tonight. Oh, they might comp yeah. him tonight. I'm getting that four, that four fifty and walking. I'm yeah. not even having no conversation. No, I don't want nothing. 
I'm out of here. You know give how they my, do. Give me all mine in ones too. The more money you get, the in more ones? stuff you get for free. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm trying all to say. All ones. I wanted all ones stacked. All no. ones with a duffel bag. No. I wanted all ones so I can go. No, because you don't go to the wrong place. No. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not talking. Yet. I know what you think. No. The laundry no, right? The they can't get five dollars from me. But go ahead. <laughs> this is a Disney station. Let's go. That's that's fair enough. But those places are open 24 seven. Let's talk a little college football. <laughs> Trevor will not be able to play. You just have to have the next guy ready to go. Clemson for the lead. ETN into the end zone. Hooked on the roll. He throws and Touchdown! This game has been everything we thought it would be. We hit to overtime number two. Kyron Williams scores again. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. We're not celebrating because we showed the world or we changed the narrative. We did it because we proved something to ourselves. That's Brian Kelly who joined us last week. I love the coach's talk. We proved something to ourselves, Keyshawn. To ourselves. Whatever. And I love Brian Kelly. To ourselves. I'm not a uh, Notre Dame guy, so, you know. Yeah, you can still have love and respect for it, though. No? Okay, all right. All right, moving on. So the story, Notre Dame with a huge win over Clemson Saturday night in South Bend. DJ Uyangalale, 29 for 44. At least you got it right. So 439 yards. The reason I'm going to tell you this is the way this guy's playing, even in a loss, you're going to have to eventually learn how to say this. And I was watching uh, the Fox pregame show. I was watching our pregame show, but I was watching the Fox pregame show Saturday. Cheating Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, they were in for the fellas. Mm -hmm. uh, And they also uh, had your proficiency in pronouncing Uyangalale. So you are in elite company. Yes. (laughs) I I was just telling you. Y'all better learn how to say it, though. Come on now. I was uh, telling Jay in the middle of the break. I was like, you know how many announcers on television and radio and just in general botched his name this weekend? That's, yes. I mean, that's just part of it. I mean, I, but he's here to stay. We better I, learn I understand how to stay. That, but it's, it's, it's just one of those hard ones, man. Every now and then, it's a hard one. It just, it is. Let me ask you a the hard The Greek freak yeah. is a hard one, too. That's why you go Greek Freak. That's why you Let's say Greek, Greek Freak. I told you, or DJ just, U. Or just Giannis. Just keep yeah. it simple. I don't need to try to prove that I'm smart. I'll tell, don't you, whose need name, to do that. tell you whose name you can say. Ian Book. Yeah. I, I mean, his numbers, they don't jump off the page, but the plays he was able to keep alive utilizing his feet, I mean, that, that, that was one of the biggest games I've seen him have his entire career. You that was a massive win for that organization. They were going in for a huge touchdown late in the game. He ended up fumbling. It was recovered mm. by Clemson in the end zone for a touchback. You would have thought, man, if they would have lost that game, you think back to that play. So Book was great. But uh, you mentioned hard question, easy question. You tell me. They could obviously play again December 19th in the ACC championship game. It certainly looks like that could be the collision course. Now the possibility exists that if Clemson wins that game, could both of them somehow sneak into the college football playoff if the game is close? Let's not put the cart before the horse. If Trevor Lawrence played in that game, realizing that Travis Etienne, Clemson's lead running back, the leading rusher in the history of the ACC, had a touchdown but a really quiet game. If Trevor Lawrence is in there for DJ, who I thought balled out to the extent that you could expect after being down 10 nothing, not wilting, after being down 28-10 in his first game, if Trevor Lawrence plays in that game, is the result any different? I, I don't know, man. They scored 40 points. Like, I, I don't know how much more Trevor Lawrence could have done that, that DJ didn't do. Like, I don't know. Maybe there's some plays that, uh, that, that, that Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator, left on his play call sheet that he would have liked to have gotten to if Trevor Lawrence was in there. But I don't – I mean, I don't know. I mean, 40 points. I mean, the dude did score 40 points. 
I will say this, though. You know, I've never been a quarterback, but being a point guard is very similar. Being on the sideline key, talking to your players, going through an injury, or obviously for Trevor Lawrence, COVID, is a completely different dynamic than being on the court, being in battle, being able to say things to individuals on your team to help them get out of their own way. If that's to your offensive line, creating more room to operate for ETN or things of that sort, that's the only that's the only place my mind can go. And I know that's probably where Trevor Lawrence is. You know, is it enough to win? I'm not sure, but having him on the field, just that cool, calm collectiveness that you have as a quarterback, as a point guard, maybe talking, communicating to your players might make a slight difference. It, 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 I'm sure he. I'm sure there's something that he could have done to help the team. I mean, just from an offensive standpoint, though, I don't know if they could have gotten more out of the offense with him on the field. I just don't – I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they scored 40 points. No, I, and at, at some point you got to give Notre Dame's defense some credit here too, though. I mean, for getting plays down the stretch. How about what's going on with Michigan? So this is Jim Harbaugh's sixth <laughs> season. Saturday he coached his 68th game. In a span of seven days, they've lost to Michigan State and Indiana. With all due credit to Indiana, many people believe they are now the second-best team in the Big Ten. And, Jim, we're not talking college basketball yet. We're talking college football. The Hoosiers and hoops are one thing. Where do you see Jim Harbaugh and Michigan right now with where they are at, Key? They're a bad football team. And, and, you know, at some point, the $8 million, $9 million khaki guys got to figure out how to win some games at Michigan. Um, I've always felt like, and, and I'll continue to say this, he belongs in the National Football League. He's an NFL football coach. Even though he'll wear you out after four years of coaching, uh, you know, with his personality, if I'm an owner, I'm willing to, I'm willing to take that risk because I think he's a good football coach made for the pros. Some people are made for college, like Nick Saban. Nick Saban's a good, hell of a football coach, but his patience for the pro game isn't there. Miami. It's just it, it's not there. You can't talk to professional athletes the way Nick Saban talks to college guys. It just and we saw that in Miami. So when Alabama came a calling, he came a running. If Pete Carroll is a pro football coach, even though he won at USC, he was always a pro coach because he had some mild success with the Jets, mild success with following Bill Parcells in New England. Then he goes to college, gets a rebirth, goes back to Seattle. Now he has another extension to he's seventy four years old because he's a hell of a football coach. And I think Jim Harbaugh. Is, is that. I think he's a hell of a football coach that needs to be in a pros and stop messing around in college football because you're not getting it right and you're never going to beat Ohio State. So I, Yeah, I just want everybody at home to think about what he just said. $7.5 million per year, Jim Harborough has to figure out the way to win games. Wow. No doubt. Our poll question this morning, who's the MVP? Key's MVP so far next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.